It's been since 1975 when we first started working with Brother Tommy and at that time his lovely bride. We've seen a lot occur and one time I was able to help them launch a newsletter and then name and launch their family ministry and saw God do tremendous things in their lives. It's good to have Brother Tommy back home tonight because he'd like homegrown whether he really is or not. Welcome God's servant, Brother Tommy Williams, as he comes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, guys. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be here tonight. I'm glad to be back home. Praise God. Y'all excuse me just a minute. Let me read these four things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Praise God. I'm good. Hallelujah. It's, a, it's indeed a thrill to be with you tonight. Uh, Pastor Jim had asked me if I could... Uh, well, he, he told you a minute ago if I could share some things about me being lear learning to be led by the Spirit of God. And uh, he asked me to do it at the end. I suppose it'd be all right if I do it all the way through. <laughs> because that's what God laid upon my heart to come and share with the body here. Praise God. Now, it's not a surprise for God to give somebody a word to come to a place to minister, that that's the word they're already hearing. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's a confirmation. It's not a surprise. Amen. All right? Amen. So, I want you to listen very carefully tonight. You may have a tendency to think, I know that, I know that, I know that. And sometimes when we're thinking, I already heard that, or I know that, we don't hear what's really being said. So I want you to listen very carefully tonight. Listen and hear and, and let God do what God wants to do. All right? I'll do my best to let God say through me what he wants to say through me. You do your best to hear what God wants to say to you. All right? Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the presence and power of the Spirit of God here tonight. I thank you because he that hath an ear has it open and will hear what the Spirit of God says to the church. I thank you, sir, that the Spirit of God abides on the inside of me and that you, Spirit of God, are the teacher of the church. So I call upon you to rise big and live through me tonight, to think through my thoughts and speak through my words and use my spirit, my soul, my body, that I might be a blessing to the people of God tonight. Father, we set our faith into agreement together and give our word to you that we will not be forgetful hearers, but we will be doers of the word, and therefore we are blessed in all of our deeds. Thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. I'd like for you to open your Bibles to two places tonight to start with, and uh, we're going to look in Jeremiah chapter 29. We're going to look in Hebrews chapter 11. 
You may think that some of the things I say you tonight, say to you tonight, are faith 101 and just you know basics. But that's what we need, and I'm going to challenge you with them. All right, God's going to challenge you with them. Let's read first of all in in Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, reading the the eleventh, excuse me, reading the first verse. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Yeah. Jeremiah twenty nine. Notice simply verse eleven. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. This is God speaking now, and I realize He's talking to natural Israel, but you see, since the cross. We have been spiritual Israel, okay? So these words are to us. God says, For I know the thoughts that I have toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Praise God. The voice of the Lord spoke to me a few months ago, and he said, The word for this year the part that he gave to me, all right? I realize we all get bits and parts. You put them all together, we, you know, it makes a, a, a big deal. Praise God. But God gives you a word, and that word fits in what God's doing. God said, tell the body of Christ this year to expect. Expect. Expect to hear more than you have ever heard. Expect to hear better than you have ever heard. And expect to do more than you've ever done. Well, I've heard a lot. Good. Expect to hear more. Well, I've done a lot. Good. Expect to do more. This is what the voice of the Lord said to me. He said, expect. Expect to hear more. Expect to do more. Now, we're going to spend the next two, three hours talking about that. Praise God. But that's the word, all right? And that's where we're going to begin. In Hebrews 11, he said, faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The word substance comes from the Hebrew, or excuse me, the Greek word, which means essence or assurance. Faith is the assurance. Faith is the essence. Faith is the substance of the things that are hoped for. And faith is the evidence of things not seen. Now, most of the time we faith people get it in our mind that the miracle is the evidence of the faith that I have. That the answer is the evidence of the faith that I've been standing on. That the answer is an evidence of what strong faith I have. But the Word says that faith is the evidence of the things not seen. Praise God. So in other words, when you've seen it, it's no longer the evidence of faith. Praise God. How many of you believe that Tommy Williams is going to speak at the house of the Lord tonight? Why are you still believing it? You should know it by now. It shouldn't take any more faith to believe it. Praise God. Now, before I got here, 
You had to believe that I was coming. Some people believed it enough to stay home. You believed it enough to come. Praise God. Amen? But before I got here, you had to believe that I was coming. You had to have faith. And the action that you put with that demonstrated your faith. Faith is the evidence of the thing not seen. Once you now see me here, you no longer need to have faith. Amen? I'm now here. You don't need to believe for it. On the road down here today, you can believe for me to have a safe trip. After I'm here, you don't need to believe that anymore. All right? Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. And the, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, when God spoke, he said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Praise God. Now, I want to tell you something. You may know some of the thoughts that God thinks toward you, but you don't know all the thoughts that God thinks toward you. If you ever meet anybody that knows it all, go somewhere else. Amen? God knows the thoughts that he has toward you. You don't know all those thoughts yet, but God with his thoughts that he has toward you has an expected end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He has an expect, those thoughts have an expected end. Somebody asked me one time or somebody told me one time, they said, in order to be successful, you have to have short time goals and you have to have long time goals. What are yours? Praise God. I said, I got them. My short time goal is to obey whatever God tells me to do. My long time goal is to make heaven my home. Praise God. Well, you know, you need to have something else. Well, okay, you can have something else. God knows what he expects for me. He has thoughts for me, and he knows the expected end. Praise God. I don't yet. I know some of it. I mean, when God spoke to me in, 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 in 1960, and he said, I've called you to teach my people faith. I knew that that's what God wanted in my life. I had no idea how to get there. I had no idea what faith was. And I certainly had no idea of how to teach. But God had a thought toward me, and he expected that thought to come to pass. Amen? The evidence of things not seen was he said it. Praise God. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Uh, In Acts chapter 3, in fact, I'm going to look over there just a moment. Acts chapter 3 and verse 5. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. 
Praise God. Now, you know the story here. The lame man's at the gate. He's begging. He's asking. He is believing. He's having faith for finances. He's asking. He's sitting there. He's begging. He's asking alms of those who are entering into the temple. But God's ha God has an expected end for him. So God sends a man along to him and says, look on us. And the man looks at him and he expects to receive something. Hallelujah. Have you ever expected to receive something that turned out better than you expected to receive? If you haven't, you've never expected very far with God. He expected to receive something from them, but what he expected to receive was silver or gold. He expected to receive alms. Peter just destroyed the man's faith. He said, silver and gold have I none. Oh, dear God. Hallelujah. But such as I have, give I thee. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, that's where you and I need to zero in on tonight. Such as I have, give I thee. Praise God. Now, we need to be able to say that to God, and we need to be able to say that to one another. Such as I have, give I thee. I might, I, I might not, it, it might not be what I was expecting. It might not be what you was expecting. I guarantee you whenever, whenever I, I asked Jesus into my heart and asked him to be the Lord of my life and surrendered my life to him, I had no, zero, absolutely none, not a zip expectation of teaching from the pulpit. In fact, I would have ran as fast as I could if I'd have thought that's what God wanted for me. Uh, but, but, but I had no thought of it until God showed me his thought he had for me and his expected end that he had for me and what he wanted out of my life. Hebrews chapter 10. We were in Hebrews a minute ago. If you still got it there, look back there again. If you don't still got it, we'll turn back. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 13. Now, Jesus has gone to the cross. He has defeated the enemy. He has resurrected from the dead. He's resurrected victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He's resurrected with all authority and power and now he has gone and sat down by the father's right hand and he says from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool now the word expected uh, it means to anticipate it means to look for it means to expect. Praise God. Now, we're, we have directions from God that this year there's going to be a resurgence of miracles 
and a mighty moving of God amongst the body with miracles. Now, that should be an expectation for us. That should be something we are anticipating. That should be something that we're looking forward to. Something that we're willing to tarry for. Hallelujah. You know, we need to learn to go past that prayer that says, God, give me patience and give it to me right now. Hallelujah. And we need to learn to tarry and expect what God is performing and doing. All right? In the early 1960s, someone received a vision. It wasn't me, but, but someone received a vision, and as they told about the vision, it marked my spirit. And it changed me from that day to this. In that vision, they were like... It was like you was out in outer space and looking back at the earth and you could see the globe. You could see the, the, the earth. And upon the earth, there was stretched out on it and around it and completely encircling the globe, there was a sleeping giant. This giant laid upon the earth and was asleep. And every once in a while... There was a big commotion and like whirlwinds and dirt and things flying and just, just a, a commotion in the atmosphere. And as this person was watching this, it was like they zoomed in upon what was happening. And as they zoomed in and they saw a close-up picture, there was this gigantic hand and the great commotion that they saw was a finger moved. It was just a slight movement. It, 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 it was a flexing of a muscle. It was a, a, a bit of a move. And it caused that that could see, be, be seen from the, from the outer space. It could, you could see that commotion. And the voice of the Lord said, The day will come that that sleeping giant will awaken. And it won't be just the wiggling of a finger, but it'll be the standing up of the believer. It'll be the standing up of the body of Christ. And brother and sister, I've been looking for it ever since then, and I have expectancy that this year is at least going to be the beginning of the fulfillment of that, and that we're going to see a move of God like the world has never experienced before. Amen. And it's not going to be just a slight moving that causes a commotion there, but it's going to be a worldwide whirlwind type move of, a, of the Spirit of God. Praise God. It cannot be helped inside of four walls and it cannot be helped in, in one person or one ministry. It's the body of Christ, the giant, waking up and beginning to move. It's the, it's the moving of the entire group. Moving together. All right. Romans chapter 8, verse 14, and while you and don't turn there, just turn to John chapter 10. But Romans chapter 8, verse 14 said, Those that are led by the Spirit of God 
are the sons of God. Now notice, sometimes you can learn what the Word is saying by looking at what the Word is not saying. The Word did not say those that are led by the Spirit are the apostles. It did not say those that are led by the Spirit are the prophets, are the evangelists, or pastor, or teacher. Are those that are led by the Spirit are those in the fivefold ministry. No, he said those that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. You know what that means to us? That means to us that every son of God, every child of God, and you, know, you and I both know when he says son, he's not leaving the women out. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're all the bride of Christ, yet we're all the sons of God. And they think they're mixed up. You know, never mind. Praise God. I saw this the other day. It described it pretty well. I was once a male trapped inside of a female body. Then my mother gave birth. <laughs> Hallelujah. We, 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 we get hung up on words, but, but you know, we're all the bride of Christ, yet we're all the sons of God. And he said, those that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. In other words, being led by the Spirit is available to everyone that accepts Jesus as their Lord. Is everyone going to do it? Probably not. I don't have enough expectancy to expect all of that. But there are some that will. Amen? And when the, when the body starts to move, I, I don't think that means that everybody's going to be being led by the Spirit of God, but there'll be some that are, and it's available to everyone. So the question is, are we going to be the one that just flows along with everybody else in the revival, or are we going to be the one that's out there, you know, moving? Praise God. I don't know about, I don't know about you, but I want to be right in the midst of it. I want... Hallelujah. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. John chapter 10. This is, again, very familiar scripture to you. Not even going to read it all. going to start in the, the third verse. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. Now you understand, we're not only the bride of Christ, and we're not only sons of God, we're also sheep. Hallelujah. He's showing us examples, giving us direction. The sheep hear his voice. If you don't have that word here underlined, you ought to underline it in your Bible. The sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his, he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leads them. Praise God. Oh, I understand. He calls those in the ministry, and he leads them. That isn't what he said. This is not something that's set aside for those that are called into the ministry. This is for the sheep. Praise God. This is for the sons of God. This is, for, this is available to whosoever will. Praise God. The sheep 
hear his voice. Verse 4, and when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. If you don't have that word underlined, you ought to underline it. The sheep follow him. First of all, you ought to, you ought to say this, I'm in one of his sheep. Praise God. He's talking to me. And then he says, for they know his voice. If you don't already have the word know underlined, you ought to underline that. The sheep know his voice. So these, there's three things. They hear his voice, they follow his voice, and they know his voice. Who does? The sheep. Praise God. The sheep do. What is expected from God for his sheep. He expects them to know his voice, to hear his voice, and to follow his voice. How are we going to do that, Brother Tommy? Praise God. First thing we're going to have to do is trust him more than we trust ourselves. Somebody's already always saying, but what if I miss God? I mean, I want to be led by the Spirit of God, Brother Tommy, but what if I miss? Let me give you a flash. If you miss, heaven will not go bankrupt. If you miss, God will not fall off of his throne. If you miss, God will still be God. If you miss, it doesn't mean God failed. Hallelujah. If you miss, do it again. Praise God. I, uh, I, John Wayne's been one of my heroes just because he plays cowboys in the movies. And, and I realize that's acting in the movie. And, it, you know, it, it's, it's real easy to be brave when it's written in the script. I understand that. Praise God. But John Wayne's still been one of my heroes. I, I like John Wayne. If y'all don't, that's all right. I'm talking right now so I can tell you. I like John Wayne. And he made this saying famous. Whether it was original with him, I don't know. But he made this saying famous. He said, fear... Or excuse me. He said, courage is not the absence of fear. But it's being scared to death and saddling up anyway. <laughs> Praise God. That's courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. If you're trying to wait till you are free from fear before you ever step on the things of God, you're never going to do it. Oh, well. I thought fear wasn't of God. I didn't say it was of God. But how many of you notice we have it anyhow? Oh, I'm not afraid of man or beast. Yeah, okay. I understand that. You're not afraid of anything. We won't go there. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've seen some mighty brave men back up from things. All right. But courage doesn't mean there's not fear present. It means that even if you're scared to death, you're going to saddle up anyway. There's a, there's a plaque hanging on my wall at home that one of the girls got me. Uh, 
And I don't know if John said this one or, or what, but uh, whoever said it's good. And, uh, and that, that plaque says, if you get in the saddle, be ready for the ride. <laughs> Praise God. Now we've gotten the saddle. We've said, I'm a child of God. We've gotten the saddle. We said, I'm a son of God. We've gotten the saddle. We say, Jesus loves me. We confess all these things all the time. Now, if you get in the saddle, be ready for the ride. Because sometimes he will ask you things or tell you things or show you things that'll make you suck wind. Praise God. But I'll tell you one thing. Courage is not the absence of sucking wind. Sir, courage is being scared to death, but doing what God said anyway. Hallelujah. Do you think for one moment that I loaded up my wife and two babies into a car and started out covering the gas gauge and driving from one end of the country to the other without any fear? Do you think for even one moment that I didn't say, God, this better be you. <laughs> there was times that I would think, if this isn't God, here's another cowboy saying, if it isn't God, you can ship my saddle home because I'm done. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, well, did you ever miss? We won't go into that. <clears throat> of course, I missed. But someone else said, a hero is not somebody that never gets knocked down. But a hero is one that gets up one more time than he's been knocked down. He can be knocked down no matter how many times, but he gets up again. And a hero is one that'll get up one more time than he was knocked down. Hallelujah. Oh, well, it didn't turn out the way I expected it to turn out. Do you realize that I never expected after preaching 54 years that my legs would try to give out on me and that my heart would try to give out on me? And that sometimes I have to have, have, to have help to get up to when, when I'm seated, have to have Tarina or Jensi one. You, you realize that's embarrassing? Hallelujah. I said one day, I'm not going to go. It's too embarrassing. Duh. No. Faith is the evidence of things I don't see. If you have to pick me up out of the chair and bring me up to the pulpit and let me get a hold of it and prop me up and I have to stop and take a breath every two or three words and I have to hang on to keep from falling and my legs start to shaking in the midst of it. I'm going to exercise the faith for the things that are not seen. Amen. Praise God. I'm not going to stay down because I got knocked down. 
Oh, well, how are you going to learn to know the voice of God? How are you going to, you know, the world has an imitation. Everything the world has is an imitation. It's not a genuine. Genuine is what's first. I mean, you know, if, it, if it's an imitation, it can't be a genuine. Amen. And, and, the, and the world doesn't have anything that's not copied. God says, be led by the Spirit. The world says, follow your intuition. The world says, follow your gut. Follow that sense that you're... Yeah. And it's all an imitation, and some of it's pretty good. And so to, to a degree, it works. Amen? But why in the world... How many of you would like to have a, a bank account full of counterfeit money? Why would we want a bank full of counterfeit money? It don't make any difference if you got one dollar or a stack of them. They ain't worth nothing. They're counterfeit. Well, you know, I've done this and this and this, and it's worked because I had this intuition and I had this gut feeling and I did it and it worked, but it's a counterfeit. And if it's a counterfeit, why would you have the counterfeit when you can have the bank full of real dollars? A real gold, that'd be better. Praise God. I mean, why would, why would we settle for a counterfeit? Well, I tell you what, I'm just not sure that's God. They're not sure of their intuitions either. They're not sure of their gut feelings either. Well, I'm just not sure that that's God. And after all, I wouldn't want to embarrass God. I wouldn't want to do something that would hurt God. I wouldn't want to do something that would hinder the moving of the Spirit. I wouldn't want to do something that would stop God from doing what He wanted to do. Do you realize how prideful all that is? How could we embarrass God? I wouldn't admit this to anybody but you, okay? Y'all just don't listen for a minute. Did you get my text today about yikes? I've already missed it. Oh, you, my, my email, that's what it was, email. You, you didn't get it. Well, when you get it, I'll explain to you why you got it. Okay? I said, yikes, I've already missed it, and wrote, LOL, see you tonight. But I read, give, give me my phone, Dream. Praise God. Hey, Y'all hang on a minute. I'm talking to Richard. <laughs> Praise God. Let me see, can I find it? Wasn't on Facebook. Let me see. There it is. Oops. See right here? It's saying Tommy Williams is coming to the house of the Lord. Mm -hmm. I read right up here. And it says on January 13th, 2016 at 12, 16 p.m., Richard Sanders. <laughs> and I read that, and I thought, 
Yikes. I already missed it. I was supposed to have been there at 1216. Hallelujah. Now, hang on a minute. Trina, you may have to help me. This thing don't do what it's supposed to do when I'm doing it. Anyway, when I, when I got to the room and read it again, in the picture down there, it says, Tommy Williams, House of the Lord, 7 p.m. And I said, look at that. I sent him the message, and he changed it. She said, Daddy, he can't change it. It's already been sent. Did he send you another message? I said, no, it's the same one. He said, he can't change it. It's already been said. I said, it is changed. He said a while ago that I'd be there at 12, 16 p.m. And now it says I'll be there at 7 p.m. And she said, Daddy, it's operator error. I said, don't tell me I missed it. <laughs> Hallelujah. He had to have gone back and fixed it. Because a while ago I read it. And it said 12, 16 p.m. Only problem was, I read in the wrong spot. <laughs> 12, 16 p.m. was when he sent the message out <laughs> that I'm going to be there at 7 o'clock. That doesn't embarrass him, it embarrasses me, praise God. You know, if I'd have showed up here at 12, 16 p.m. today at lunchtime and come in here to minister and nobody else was here, it wouldn't have embarrassed Richard. It would have embarrassed me. Well, what if I miss God? You ain't going to embarrass God. It's operator error. Anybody needs to be embarrassed, it was you. Amen? All right, now, well, how do I know that it's the voice of God? Tarina has, since she got old enough to be able to do it, talked me talk to me on the phone from time to time. I can hear her say hello and realize that's Tarina. Unless Jency says hello. And then when Jency says hello, it sounds so close to her. I have to get her to say two or three more words before I say, okay, that's Jency. Let me talk to your mama. All right? The first time I heard her say hello on the phone, I didn't know who it was until she said, hello, daddy. Amen? Okay. For 54 years now, I've been listening to God talk to me. By the time he says hello, I know who it is. When he first started talking to me, I'd say, that you, Lord? Anybody ever watch Andy Griffith show? Anybody know Goober? You remember when they explained something to him and, and they get through saying it and said, now you got that? He'll say, Say it again. 
That's the way I was with God. He'd say something to me, and say, you got that? And I'd say, say it again. <laughs> I mean, God, okay, Lord, I, is that you? Let me know. Yeah. And God doesn't care. It doesn't bother God. God it doesn't bother Trina whenever she answers, or Jency, when she answers the phone and I say, is this Jency or is this Trina? It doesn't bother her at all. Because it doesn't change who she is just because I didn't recognize who, who, who it was. It doesn't bother God for you to say, is that you? Say it again. Okay, could I have a confirmation? Now, after a while, it'll get the word, you know, you, you, you shut up and do it. But, but, but I'm talking about when, you, when you're learning. Oh, I thought only preachers did that. Right. No, only preachers tell you about it. Right. Right. <laughs> everybody else does stuff that, like that. They just don't have to stand up in front of everybody and, and confess it. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. God says, now, now, how, how can I explain to you how it always worked out? How many of you have heard me preach for all these years? You, you've heard me talk about the testimony of when we began, how we'd cover the gas gauge, and we'd, I'd drive to God said, pull in that station, you know, and, and, and we'd have no money, and, 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 and God said, go in that restaurant, and, and I'd take my family in, and we'd go in there and sit down to eat with no money. First time I did that, Joanne wanted to wait in the car, but she, she didn't. She went in with me because she's hungry. Uh, and you, 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 know what I, you know what I'm saying? Somebody don't know what, it, some people don't know what it means to be broke. They might be badly bent, but they don't know what it means to be broke. I mean, when you got nothing not even just a few change coins in your pocket. And there's not a credit card in reserve just in case. And there's not a, some money in the bank down there. I'm talking about broke. I ain't talking about bad off. I'm talking about broke. Now what I discovered was even though I was broke, I wasn't bad off. Hallelujah. When you can eat and God pays your bill, you ain't bad off. When you can drive and God stretches the gas, you, you ain't bad off. When you can blow a motor completely out of a car in Tennessee and drive it on to New York, you ain't bad off. Amen? How, how, do you, how can I explain to you that I always wound up in the restaurant that somebody paid my bill. I never asked anybody. I never told anybody I was broke. I never, I never went in and say, you know, alms, you know, can I chop firewood for our supper? You know, I, I never did any of that. Just went in like anybody else. And God, how can, how can I explain that I always turned out to be in the right place, how can, I, how can I explain to you that I always stopped at the right station? Hallelujah. 
You, you don't just drive across country and stop at a service station and just pick one out and say, I'll stop there and somebody will buy my gas. How can I explain that I always, hallelujah. Can I say I never miss God? Nope. But I can say one thing. God is faithful. That even if I did stop at the wrong station, he made it right. Why? He had an expected end. Praise God. Even if I went into the wrong restaurant, God took care of it. Because he had an expected end. Oh, whoop to do I could just go running and just not care whether I'm getting it right or wrong. Well, when you come dragging back in, then we'll go on to phase two. <laughs> Praise God. And honest, uh, honesty in your heart, a trusting in your heart, a depending upon God. Peter got out and walked on water, not demonstrating how much faith that he had. He got out and walked on water and it was a demonstration of the integrity of the man that said come. And when he started to sink all he had to do is say Lord save me. Praise God. And it wasn't because he had such great faith that as he got up about ankle deep and down about knee deep and his keys still going under, he got his faith into, and got his confession under control and climbed back out on top of the water. No. It was he demonstrated the trust he had in the integrity of the man that said to him, come. Praise God. A little while ago, a few months ago now, uh, when, 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 we're in, when we're in Fort Worth, or at Rome where we live, Aurora where we live, when we're at home anyway, uh, we attend Eagle Mountain Church, and this God has us somewhere else. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, and, and, and so we've, we've been going to Eagle Mountain Church for some time now. And, and, and at Eagle Mountain Church, Pastor George one Sunday morning said, Brother Tommy, come up here. Being the mighty man of faith that I am, I had to get Trina to help me up. And since I was so steady and unshakable and wasn't dizzy-headed or about to fall or anything else, I had to hold on to her arm to help me down to the front. We got all the way down to the front of the, the, the congregation, and George says, Tommy, what kind of automobile are you believing for? I said, well, we have asked God for an expedition. Then he said, Eagle Mountain Church is going on an expedition to find you an expedition and buy it for you. Praise God. Amen? 
I told some of my friends that God is having Eagle Mountain Church buy us a car. Truck, actually. But I said, God's having them buy us a vehicle. And they said, you know, I've had people tell me they're going to do things for me, and they didn't do it. You reckon maybe that he might just told you that, and he ain't going to do it? I said, no, because George has integrity. Well, how can you be sure that he's going to do it? Because he said so. Well, I mean, what if he doesn't? Well, what if, you know, and then it took a little longer for some, you know, some people it's okay if it happens instantly. And other people, if it, you know, if it takes a little, a little, you know, some people, if it takes a little longer than they thought it's supposed to, they, 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 they get all frustrated. And, oh boy, they, and I had some of my friends say, I wasn't sure he was going to do it for you. He hadn't done it yet. And I wasn't sure he was going to do it. I, I, I really didn't think he would. And I said, yeah, he will. Because I trust the man's integrity. And he said he would, and I trust his integrity. Now, during that time, they asked me to speak on three different Wednesday nights at a believer's let's, a, a class, a class that was equipping, called and equipped into ministry. Thank you. I knew it had a name. It called and equipped for ministry. Those that were called of God and they wanted to, to learn how to function in the ministry and how to get going in the ministry and how to, you know, it's, it's a real thrill when you stand in front of a crowd of people that's wanting you to teach them how to get in the ministry and you say, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. There's only one person that knows. And he has a thought toward you. And that thought has an expected end. And only he knows what he wants out of you and where he wants you to be and how to get you to do it. Now, what I can tell you is if you'll ask him, he'll tell you. If you get an honest heart before him, then he will bring you into the right place. Well, I tell you what, I'm not like you. I don't know the voice of God. Well, now that's strange. Because Jesus said, we read it a minute ago, those, those letters in John 10, those words are in red. That means Jesus is talking. And Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. So if you tell me you don't know his voice, probably the first thing we ought to do is get you born again. Well, I'm already born again. I just don't know his voice. Now, wait a minute. You are God one's wrong. Guess who I pick? 
Praise God. God. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And I'm telling you, when you don't know, come here from Sikkim, you need to trust the integrity of the man that said that you know his voice. And you don't know which way's up. You don't know which way to turn. You don't know what to do. And in yourself, you know absolutely nothing. But you have the integrity of the man that spoke that said, my sheep know my voice. And you start saying, I know his voice. What's he saying to you? He's saying, I know his voice. Well, how's he leading you? He's leading me by the fact that I know his voice. What's he leading you to do? He's leading me to know his voice. Hallelujah. There will be people come out of the woodwork trying to teach you to say, I don't know. There will be people come up from every direction and ask you, how do you know? For a little while, Joanne would ask me, how do you know where we're going? I mean, listen, in 1961, they had nobody heard of Tommy Williams outside of our little family there. If I'm going to wait for somebody to call me and invite me to come in and be a guest speaker at a minister's conference, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying God doesn't have the miraculous ability to be able to call my name and tell, tell them to call me. But I'm saying that's not the norm. Right, right. Amen? Amen? The norm is I have to believe I know his voice. Now, God, what do you want me to do? And he said that I will follow his voice. So now then, I say, God, what do you want me to do? He says that I'm led by his voice. That means my actions demonstrate that I am led by his voice. I said, God, what do you want me to do? And as Jim said, we're not talking here. We're talking about on the inside. And, oh, praise God. You hear God speak. Oh, me. I done got so far off my notes, I got to find a minute where I'm at. 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19, verse number 11. Now this is, Elijah, Elijah's been seeking God. He's been on a 40-day fast. I mean, he's, he's done all kinds of things. He's, uh, he, he's uh, out in the middle of nowhere seeking God. He's in a cave, and he's, he's hung up there in that cave, and, and he's seeking God. And God speaks to him in verse 11. And God said, go forth, stand up on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break into pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Praise God. A great strong wind. Now, wait a minute. He wouldn't be saying, he wouldn't have to say, but God was not in the wind. 
if it wasn't possible for God to be in the wind. All right? And hear me. Stay with me. Keep listening. Some people are waiting on an earthquake. They're waiting on a strong and mighty wind. They're waiting on the rocks to break and fall apart. They're waiting on fire come down out of heaven. But in all those cases, it wasn't God. And after all that, it says in the end of verse, uh, verse 12, a still small voice. Hallelujah. I've been following the voice of God for a long time now. And there's only been a couple of times that I have ever heard the audible voice of God. There's only been a couple of times that I've ever heard God speak loudly like an earthquake or like great wind blowing. There's only been a couple. And generally, it's when he's correcting me and then you don't like to hear it. If you ever hear God firmly and loudly say, Shut up! <laughs> you realize, I better get quiet. And I'm, I, I, I've been, you know, I've been looking for this earthquake and I made a got, well, I might have got one here. <laughs> and he, he, that wasn't his leading to lead me and direct me of where he went. That was him telling me to get quiet and listen. And most of the directions that I have ever gotten from God is a still small voice on the inside. Praise God. He came into the book of Acts and they said it was like a rushing mighty wind. Praise God. But, but if, you're, if you're waiting on God to flow through here like a rushing mighty wind and fireballs fall out of heaven and, and you know and, and the clouds roll back and the voice of the Lord speak and say Richard chances are you're never going to do very much but if you start listening to God listen on the inside of you join you to ask me how do you know what's, what's the next town we're supposed to go to and I would say I don't know honey I just asked God about it, and I know. I don't know how to tell you how I know. I just know. I didn't even know enough then to know I was hearing the voice of God. Are you listening to me? The only thing I knew then was I'm committed to obey what he says to me. I didn't know the scriptures you and I have been looking at tonight. I mean, you have to understand, dumb didn't, is, is not a sufficient word to describe how smart I was when I started. I mean, the only, the only wisdom I had was I was smart enough to know I didn't know anything. So God, you're going to have to lead me every step of the way and you're going to have to direct me in everything that I do. And, 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 I, and I get it on the inside and I say, okay, I know what we're supposed to do. Amen. Now, I wasn't waiting for a loud voice. When God spoke to me and called me into the ministry, he spoke to me in an audible voice. And I heard it in an audible voice. 
But I didn't know that he was talking to me out of Hebrews 11:6 until later when I found it. But he, but he gave me instructions for my life that day. And I, and I just began to follow it. And I discovered that I could trust the integrity of God. When I was teaching in that minister's class, uh, equipping ministry, I said, I want to show you a difference between hope and faith. Pastor George said to me, I'm going to, or Eagle Mountain Church is going to buy you a, a, a vehicle. I received that by faith. I accepted it as done. It was not yet seen, but I accepted it as done, as done. And faith is the evidence, uh, substance of things hoped far. You should not be hoping that I'm going to come tonight and talk to you. By now you ought to know that I'm here. Amen? Before I got here, you could have hope that I'm going to be here tonight. And that word hope is not wishful thinking. It's a confident and favorable expectation. Some people say, you think that'll work? They say, dear God, I don't know, but I sure hope so. That's not Bible hope. Bible hope is a confident and favorable expectation. I have confidence and, favor, uh, confidence and a favorable expectation. Amen. George said, we're going to get you a vehicle. I received it by faith. I went in there that night teaching this group, and I said, I received it by faith, but I could not drive it to church tonight. I did not ride in it tonight to come up here and teach you because as of right now it isn't manifested but I trust the integrity of the man that said it to me and so that's faith and I have hope a confident and favorable expectation that it will manifest the next Wednesday night I came in and said to them tonight I rode in it to come up here to preach to you. Praise God. That's the difference between faith and hope. I received it by faith, but it's not yet manifested, but I stand in a confident and favorable expectation. All right, how do we do that with the voice of God? He said, my sheep know my voice, they hear my voice, and I follow my voice. I receive that by faith. I accept that by faith. I may not yet be able to function in it or ride in it because it may not yet be manifested for me, but I receive it by faith. How do you know that's going to work? Because I trust the integrity of the man that said it to me. Praise God. Well, how do you know you've got faith? Faith is the substance of the things that I'm hoping for and the evidence of the thing that is not yet seen. Well, what's the evidence? It means that you start acting like you know. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to miss God. Well, you see, he's got that covered too. In verse number 5 of John chapter 10, he said, right after he said, they hear my voice, they know my voice, they follow my voice. Verse number 5, he said, a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. 
And some Christians have more confidence and more faith in the voice of the stranger than they do in the voice of the, of the shepherd. And they're thinking, I'm afraid I might miss God. What, I, I, oh, dear God, Tommy, how can I be sure that I'm not going to miss God? You can start by trusting the integrity of the man that said to you, my sheep know my voice, they hear my voice, they follow my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. Well, I'm going to miss it. No, not if, you, not if you trust the integrity of the man that spoke that to you. Well, I don't know anything yet. If you knew it, he wouldn't have to be leading you. <coughs> Praise God. I'm sorry I spit on you, brother. One of the dangers of sitting in the front row. Praise God. There is absolutely no way in 1961, there is absolutely no way that I could have pictured in my mind or even had a vision or a goal that someday I would travel around the world in various nations and teach pastors and teach ministers and train people to, to, to operate in their faith. There's no way that I could have sat there that day and had even a, 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 a foggy idea that I would even travel all over the United States and preach in, well, what's it been? 46 of our 50 states. I'm going to get the other four yet. Praise God. But, but, but uh, th there's, no, there's no way I could not have, I could not have sat there not that night and see us having a tent and having tent revivals. I could not sit there that night and see me standing in, in uh, that day and see me standing there in rodeo grounds and, and talking to cowboys. I could not have stood there and seen me stand before preachers and teach them. I could not have seen it. I had to have confidence in the expected end that he had for me, and I didn't even know how to do that. Praise God. You remember teaching your children how to walk? You remember teaching them how to ride a bicycle? You don't expect them to get on a bicycle and take off the first time they get on it. You don't expect them to walk the first time they stand up. But you're there to help them. And you're there to get them going. And if they fall, you don't say, now sit there because you might fall again. And God doesn't do that either. If you fall, he's not going to say, now just sit there. He'll say, get up again. Get up again. And then suddenly you begin to learn what courage is. And you begin to realize, I'll get up one more time than I fall. How come? Because it's written in the script. Praise God. Well, I don't know what the script says. Good. That doesn't matter. I didn't know what the script said either. I told you, I didn't know come here from Sikkim. I grew up in church. I had a Bible. Mom and Daddy saw to it that I had a Bible. I just never read it. I don't ever remember in service... A preacher saying, open your Bible too. I mean, I grew up in a church that's famous for believing nothing. I mean, and they would stand up and they would read scripture and they would tell you things. But I, 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 ne I had a Bible. I never remember saying them, open it to John 3.16. 
I, I, I don't remember them ever doing it. And I know I never did it. I took my Bible back home with me and gently placed it on the shelf where I could get it next Sunday and brush the dust off of it and take it, take it with me again. Open it, read it, find out what it said. I didn't do that. It wasn't God's fault. It was mine. I understand that. It was available to me, but I didn't do it. But one day, I met the shepherd. Praise God. And when I met the shepherd, I suddenly began to love what he was saying. And I didn't know what all he said, but I wanted him to direct me in what he wanted me to do. And I didn't know how to follow, but I wanted him to say something so I could obey it. And I had a heart that was open before him that I said, I trust you. Praise God. I can't trust me. I ain't got anything to trust. I don't have any abilities. I don't have any knowledge. I don't have anything. The man that was my pastor when I first got born again was in Odessa, Texas. And, and uh, he, he, was, he was my pastor. I received the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I started preaching right there in that man's church. Years later, he was pastoring in Oregon. And he was having a minister's conference. And he invited me to come to Oregon and speak to this ministry group. And he introduced me by saying, I didn't think this man would ever amount to anything. I never saw anybody that was as dumb as he was. He knew, he knew nothing. I would let him get up in the pulpit because I was instructed of the Lord to give him an opportunity. But he said, he didn't say anything worth hearing. But, he said, he has turned out to be one of the teachers of the Word of God that will stretch you out and slap you up beside the face and give you things that will challenge your heart. And I'm glad to introduce you to him to that. And he introduced me to that crowd and I got up and said, Brother, I am so glad you didn't tell me what you thought whenever I was starting. Thank God you were smart enough not to tell me that. If he had ever told me that, it would have hurt me so bad I'd have slunk up in a corner and God might not have even been able to get me out of it. Praise God. But he didn't tell me that. He just encouraged me. He encouraged me. I'm telling you what, this building's full of people that will encourage you. This, people's full, this, this place is full of people that will encourage you. And we'll say, come on, you miss it. Okay, good. Get up and do it again. Come on. Grab, grab hold of me. Together we'll get her done. You know, oh, you don't know God? Come here. Let me, let me tell you my experience and, and, what, and I'll learn, how I learned to hear. Let me, let me share with you. And, and you, don't have, you don't have to be by yourself. Praise God. There's someone there to encourage you. And I'm so glad he encouraged me. He didn't encourage me because of what he saw. 
There was a man one time the Lord spoke to me. He said, pour your heart in that man. I'm going to use him mightily. And I said, are you sure? <laughs> and when I'd have him speak, Joanne would say, do I have to go? <laughs> Guess what? I didn't start off being the mighty Tommy D. Williams. I started off being somebody show me which way it is to the pulpit. <laughs> Open your Bibles too. And then I'd spend the next five minutes trying to find it. <laughs> and after I got embarrassed because I couldn't find it, I'd go to the table of contents in the front. Y'all are you, you younger people, I, I guess all of you by now, but, but we're, we're blessed today with them gadgets you carry there on your lap and you punch a button and it finds it for you. Yeah, there it is. Praise God. And you can say, find Jeremiah 29. And they're there and I'm still over there looking at the table of contents to find out what page number it's on. We didn't have that back then. And, and, and I didn't know where they were because I'd never read. But God would lay a verse in my heart and I'd have to go find it. I didn't even have Esword to look it up where I search. I just had to go search. Hallelujah. Well, how did you learn to know that that was the voice of God? You take a step and you don't fall. And you take another step and you don't fall. And you pull into this service station and it works. And you go into this restaurant and it works. And you do this and it works. And you do something else and it works. And after a while, that confidence is building up on the inside of you to where God could say, I won't say that. God, God could tell you to do anything, and you would do it. I mean, dear God, I got to where after a while, I was ready to charge hell with a water pistol if he told me to do it. And I wouldn't even have to find scripture that tells me I could do it. If he just said it, I would, you know, I would even, maybe I'd check and see if my water pistol's loaded, and maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> Praise God. Now, you know, as you grow and you learn, and after a little bit, you've got to back up the things that you're doing from, from the written word, you, you know, but you, but, but you start where you are. Nobody starts off full grown. You start where you are, and you grow. That's, the sad part of it is, is being 97 years old, still not knowing how to tie your shoes or feed yourself. Moving right along. Okay. George told me I had confidence in the integrity of the man and so I stood in my faith the vehicle manifested we drove down in it, in it today. today God says to us to listen to come in here to come in here in that automobile is not a demonstration of the great faith that I have No, it's a demonstration of the integrity of the man that called me to do the job. 
getting healed, having a miracle, having miraculous. There's going to be miraculous like we've never experienced before, before this year's over with. There's going, you're going to see things that, that, that'll curl your toenails. I mean, praise God. You're going, you're going to see things that'll make the believers step back and say, wow. And some of you get so excited, you'll say it backwards and say, wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he's going to make you run through a troop and leap over a wall. I mean, dear God, you, you think you've been excited before. But wait till God starts showing off. How's he going to show off through us? He's going to show off through us. He's going to have you going down the street somewhere and you stop one of these people out there begging. And they come over expecting with their signs saying, give me a quarter. You walk over, you come over to him and say, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus. Stand up. And they stand up and their legs receive strength. And, the, the, yeah, and you, you see that miracle right there on the street corner and you're, wow. Hallelujah. Listen, I've been doing this for over 50 years and I still get excited when I see God do things. He don't get old. I went into a, to, to a church just last year, last January, I think it was. I went into a church. God made it very easy for me. I went, in, I went into this church and was ministering, and a, 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 a husband and wife came up after the service or, or, or during the prayer time. They came up and said, we have not been able to have a baby, and we want to have a baby. So we want you to agree with us that God will bless us so we can have a baby. And the wife had told her husband when they walked through the door and she saw me. She, had, she didn't know me. They didn't know me. I'd, I'd never seen them before. They, she walked in and she told her husband. She grabbed him and she said, oh, my God, that's the man that I saw in the dream. And he laid hands on me and we had a baby. Wow. I didn't have to have any mighty faith. God had it all laid out. And take it didn't take me believing my heart, confessing with my mouth. I mean, praise God. Don't 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 get all upset at me about believing and confessing. I believe this stuff. Don't just, hey, but but it didn't it didn't take that. She God had showed her and expected in before she got there. And all I did was lay hands on her. And we're going back in a few in a few days and we're gonna dedicate that baby. Praise God. Hallelujah. They, they want me to come over and dedicate the baby. I don't know why. Praise God. But I can't wait to get there and do it. Praise God. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen while we're there. I don't know how many people we've laid hands on and they, and they had a baby. I don't know. Praise God. Come on. It'll, it'll embarrass you after a while. Whenever you go into a place and, and ladies run up to you and say, Brother Tommy, I had your baby. <laughs> Could we rephrase that just a bit? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's, a, it's exciting to watch God move. And it's exciting when he moves through you. And if you're one of his sons, if you're one of his sheep, listen, the manifestations are available to everybody. Not just those who are called in the ministry. 
the, 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 the spiritual gifts, the manifestation of the Spirit is available to everybody. Dear God, do you have any idea how long I've been preaching? An hour? So I still got a couple left. No, seriously. If, you, if you're taking notes, there's, there's some things I want you to write down, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop for tonight. Uh, I started off hearing God's voice before I even knew that John Penn was even in the Bible. Whenever I found it, I was now responsible for it. The more you know, the more you're, you're required, more required of you. And when I found it, it was, it, but it wasn't hard because I'd already been, I'd already been following him. But you have to start where you are. Did you know that it's impossible to start from somewhere that you're not? That's as impossible it is to come back from somewhere you've never been. Hallelujah. You've got to start where you are. And these, these five things I want to give you. And, and you take these and put it together with what all we've been talking about tonight and see if it doesn't. See if it doesn't challenge you and stretch your faith. Number one, get to know the God of the Bible. Not just the words in the Bible. Oh yeah, we need to know the words in the Bible. Don't misunderstand me. But get to know the God of the Bible and not just the words in the Bible. I have demonstrated to you tonight that in my walk with God, I started off simply following the God of the Bible even before I knew the words that were in the Bible. Okay? I began to find words that showed me what I was doing. But I started off following the God of the Bible even before I knew the words of the Bible. So get to know the God of the Bible, not just the words in the Bible. Number two, know and find out your personal assignment. Now, there's always people coming around that say, Brother Tommy, could you tell me what God wants me to do? No, that's not my responsibility. Now, I might tell you something that confirms what God's already said to you. It's not my responsibility to tell you what God wants out of your life. But God has a personal assignment for every one of you. He has a personal thought that he has toward each and every one of you, and it has an expected end. He is expecting something out of each and every one of us personally. It is our responsibility to find out what that is. Do I have to know what it is before I start? No, that isn't what I said. That isn't what I said. You start off just, just knowing God. And He will direct you in your personal assignment. Not everybody is called to a pulpit ministry. Not everybody is called in what we call the fivefold ministry. 
But everyone has a personal assignment. Your job is not to just fill up the seat that you're sitting in. Your job is not to just come and hear the speaker that you want to come and hear. That's not your job. You, you have an assignment that God has an expectation of what he wants out of your life. And he's saying to you this year for you to begin to expect. Expect to know his voice. Expect to hear his voice. Expect to know more than you've ever known before. Expect to do more than you've ever done before. Expect to have more miracles than you've ever had before. Expect... Expect bigger than you can expect. Find out your personal assignment. Number three, make a quality decision to always obey. I didn't, I didn't touch this tonight, so let me just touch it right quick. There is no quicker way to start missing the voice of God than it is to turn a deaf ear. If he directs you and you don't obey, you refuse to hear. You've turned a deaf ear. You turn a deaf ear and refuse to hear. There's no quicker way to begin messing up that I know of than that. So make a quality decision to always obey. Now, it doesn't make any difference what it is he tells you to do. It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't matter. Now, after a while, you, you know his voice enough to recognize that he's leading you. Sometimes, like Tarina has told me before, she said, I didn't even realize that was God. It's just what I, it just, it, it just what I felt to do. It's just, it, it just, I just, I didn't know it was God until it happened and, it, oh, that was God. Yeah, okay. The, the, make the decision that whatever he says, do it. And then it will get easier and easier and easier and easier. We were in a, rest, we were, we were in a, a breakfast bar at a motel not long ago, and a young man was sitting over there, and he was talking to some people, and whenever he got up to start out there, I said to him, excuse me, sir, can I talk to you a minute? And he said, sure. And he turned around to talk to me. And I said, when I walked in, I saw the glow of the Holy Spirit. I saw a glow coming out of you. I saw a, 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 a something around you. I saw, I saw all I can call it the glow of the Holy Spirit upon you. And I said, God's called you into the ministry and God's, God wants to use you. And I began to tell him some things. And that boy sat there and got so excited. And he said, I got to run upstairs and tell my wife. God's confirmed all this. Praise God. Now, you, you, you first start talking to somebody like that and you do it. Ooh, what if? Suppose I were to tell him that God called him to preach and God really didn't call him to preach. Don't you reckon God could straighten that out? I mean, he is God, you know. Amen? Don't you? What if God wanted you to confirm to him a calling and you didn't do it? What if I miss God? 
Don't obey. And I guarantee you, you'll miss God. Hallelujah. What if I step out and it isn't God? Don't step out. And I guarantee you, you'll miss God. Do nothing. And I guarantee you, you'll miss. So if you're concerned about missing, start acting. Start doing. Make a quality decision to obey. Whatever he says, obey him. Obey him. Obey him. Whatever it is. Now, he probably won't tell you to do the same thing he told me. Somebody said, thank God. Hallelujah. But if he did, it would work for you the same way it did for me. You understand what I'm saying? Heard somebody make a statement one day. This was a faith teacher. This was somebody trying to encourage people to act on their faith. And this person said, if you do what I did, you'll get what I got. I thought, well, if you explain that, and what I did was obey God, and if you'll obey God, whatever he tells you to do, then, but that wasn't what they were talking about. They were talking about, you do it like I did it, it'll work. Huh? You can't do what I did expecting to get my results. You got to do what God says, and you'll get God's results, and that's better than mine. Praise God. I heard one. No, I won't go there. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you ever wish you knew somebody? And then if you got to know them, after you got to know them, wish you didn't. <laughs> Hallelujah. That could have been somebody in the ministry, but nonetheless. <laughs> Make a quality decision to always obey. Number four, continue to develop and grow. You're not grown so continue to develop and grow. And then number five, you can, you can work upon this one for a long time. Number five, be content to be you. Somebody's always wanting a ministry like somebody else's God. Somebody always wants to pastor a church like somebody else is pastoring. Somebody's always wanting to, to travel like somebody else is traveling. Somebody's always got their mind, their, their, no, 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 no. Be content to be you. <clears throat> and when you're content to be you, I'm talking about nothing more and nothing less. Be content to be you. Nothing more, nothing less. In other words, I don't need to try to put on a front to anybody to act like that I'm more than what I am. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, I saw this miracle. I did too. God told me that he told me to. Now, you, you don't know anybody like that, but there's some around. Be content to be you. Don't try to be something that you're not. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm not going to be less than what God says of me, but I'm not trying to be more than what God says of me. I don't have to be somebody else. I'm content to be me. Amen? How are we going to know the voice of God? You're going to start by listening. You're going to start by trusting the integrity of the man that spoke to you. You're going to start by following the script. You're going to start by listening. 
God said one time, interrupted a man praying and said to him, could you be quiet just a minute? He said, ever since you've came before me to start praying, you have talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. And I've sat there and said, uh, 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 and he said, you won't even let me get a word in. You know, I have become convinced that our prayer time should be as much listening as it is talking. Amen. You don't know how to pray very far in English. You'll find yourself repeating. You'll find yourself praising God. You'll find yourself, and there's nothing wrong with praising God. Don't misunderstand me. Not even anything wrong with repeating. But you start trying to pray, and, and, and if, you're, if you're trying to only pray in English, in just a little bit, you just get to rambling. So what do you do then? You pray in tongues. Oh, dear me. Well, I don't know how to pray in tongues. Well, then get filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, I don't know how to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, then talk to some of these people around you. They'll get you filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We have given to us the power of God, the Holy Spirit that abides within us. I was listening to our pastor speak the other day, and I was on the Internet listening to him, but, but he, he's holding on to the pulpit up here and having to breathe heavy to do it, but he's talking about the Lordship of Jesus, and I like to tore up, the, I like to have a fit. Praise God. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord, praise God. The Lordship of Jesus. What he said stays. What he says stands. What he says can't change. What he says can't fail. The only way it will not work for you is if you don't believe it. Praise God. Make, be content to be you. Well, I want to be like somebody else. No, you don't. No, you don't. Hmm. I guarantee you, you don't. Praise God. Get to know them and see some of the stuff they're going through. And you think, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I, I want to be like Brother Tommy. Then go give everything away and put everything in the back of a pickup and take your wife and kids and start traveling. You don't know where you're going. You're just going. No, you don't want to do that. Not unless God tells you to. You understand what I'm saying? You don't want to be somebody else. I'm happy being me. Whew. Hallelujah. I've been growing in the ministry, you might notice. <laughs> Praise God. It's, it's, I told Tarina a little while ago, it's almost aggravating to me. My heart got to where it wasn't in rhythm. I got to where I couldn't breathe. I had to go to the hospital and they stuck a camera down my throat and looked at my heart and they stuck a needle up my arm and went in there and shot dry in there and checked all the vessels and the veins and everything. And, and then they put a paddle here and a paddle there and said, Claire, zap me. I don't even know how many times they had to zap me. But I told Trina, it's almost not fair. I could nearly get jealous. I had the same symptoms that Jim's been, Jim has described, he lost weight and I gained weight. <laughs> I could almost get jealous. 
but I don't want to be him. <laughs> I'll just be me, fat and happy. Okay, praise God. <laughs> Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Stand up. That's about the only way I'll shut up. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. And you are so blessed. Stop sometime and just count your blessings. Stop sometime and just count your blessings. I was, I was in, a, in a slump one day. I'm sorry I knocked that off. I'd, I'd pick it up, but I can't. No, anyway, praise God. Uh, I, I, I was in a slump one day, and I thought, God, I feel sorry for me. Y'all never done that. I was in a slump. I was feeling sorry for me. I thought, God, I mean, I started off preaching 50 some odd years ago, and I started off to do a job. I've been working on it for 50 some odd years, and it don't look like it's any closer finish now than it was when I started. And I started off, and I was broke. And I turned around one day, and I was broke again. And I said, God, this is not fair. I mean, I did, I, if I'd have been working on a natural job and had a what is it, a 401k or whatever it is they have, I said, I, I, I could retire now and I'd be taken care of. He said, I've been taking care of you all your life. He said, you've never lacked, you've never wanted, you've never been without. You, you might not have it in your pocket at the time. But he said, look around you. Look at where you live. Look at what you drive. Look at your family. You have two children, they both love God, and they're serving God, and they're, 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 they're ministering for the Lord. And then you've got four grandchildren. And I got another one now by, by what's it called, proxy, whatever. He, he became an in-law, praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, he, he, he married my, my, one of my granddaughters. And so now I got him too. But I said, and, and I said, look at all them. They're all serving God. I got several in my family that go, that they're in prison almost all the time. But they're not there as a prisoner. They're going there to minister to the prisoners. Hallelujah. And they're, they're out involved in ministry. And I looked around at it and I said, dear God, I'm so blessed. I am so blessed. Hallelujah. I feel sorry for me sometimes because Joanne's already gone to heaven. But when I think about where she is, I am so blessed. I'm blessed. Amen. You're blessed. Count your blessings someday. Jim, come get this. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank, thank you for allowing me to come. Thank, thank all y'all for coming and hearing me. I didn't quite go two or three hours, but thank you for allowing me to do what we did. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, Father.